Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Right, it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It's a Friday. You finally made it to the end of the week. Holy cow, man. What a week it's been as well. And we're here. It's done. Benito. And you get to enjoy... The final wrappings up of the week with yours truly, which we always love and appreciate very, very much. Welcome into it. Great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, though. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, con- uh, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. We love you and appreciate you very, very much. And as you know, if you've listened to this program for any stint of time, one of our favorite days of the entire year. It's officially today's the day, not like the weekend. Today's the day, man. St. Patrick's Day, the greatest day of the year. One of. And we celebrate. So if you are watching the live video streams, and yes, I do have my usual green on. I was going to. I know I'm totally the uh, totally typical conservative talk radio host having uh, the things that I do and the way that we like to have fun on this program. I was going to dye part of my hair green. And as you know, I have kind of the braided mohawk thing going on. So I was going to dye part of a green. So that way it looked like the green was weaving in and out of the rest. I didn't have a chance to do so, though. I have my hat, although it's hard to wear the hat and my headphones at the same time. So not doing that right now. <laughs> Outside of that, man, happy St. Patrick's Day. We'll get to, we'll talk about a little bit about that here in just a bit. Welcome in. Bottom of the hour, John O'Connor, not an Irish name in any way, shape, or form. He is the author of the book Mysteries of Watergate, as he is an investigative journalist on the corruptions and cover-ups of Washington, D.C. He'll be joining us here in just a bit at the bottom of the hour to talk about privacy issues in the United States. Do we have any bit of privacy left? And if so, where? And how can we get it back? Is there's Coming up, there is a wiretapping law that was passed back in 2008 at the federal level, and it's coming up for expiration. Will Congress allow the Biden administration to extend said wiretapping law, the illegal wiretapping law that we passed back in 2008? So will, the, uh, will Congress, the Republican-led House representatives, allow the Biden administration to continue on this wiretapping law, violating our privacies? I mean, that's just one small little bit. One little nugget, one little gold coin in the nice little pot at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> we're going to throw in St. Patrick's Day references all day long. Why? Because we're allowed to do so here on this program. I do whatever the hell I want to, right? Whatever, whatever, I do what I want. <laughs> so uh, we're going to uh, talk about that uh, wiretapping and can we get that repealed? Can we bring back just a little bit of privacy uh, in the country right now? A lot to get to today, though. Holy cow. First off, yes, happy St. Patrick's Day. Aaron Gobra, however you want to celebrate, where it's the weather, whether going and wearing green or drinking the adult beverages or whether it's going to church and actually celebrating St. Patrick, if that's what you choose to do. However you choose to enjoy the holiday, uh, you're more than welcome to do so. I, of course, wear the green, and yes, I did. I do have it, and not that they advertise on the program or anything, but i got to give them a little bit of a plug. My proper 12 Irish whiskey, Conor McGregor, still my man. I cannot wait for his fight coming up in the fall, but uh, they have a new apple flavor. I know, and I've been trying it today, so it's been quite delicious. Not like a lot by any way, means or shape or form. Obviously, I still have a job to do, but uh, we did enjoy a little bit of that, and it tastes uh, muy bueno. Uh, I wish, though, although it is a, I guess, an Irish festive holiday, 
mostly American. More Americans celebrate St. Patrick's Day than actually in Ireland. But I guess in today's times, you can just celebrate and just identify however you want to, as the saying goes, that everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day when you enjoy. The question is, is how far can you take that? Because I really think that if we're going to start giving away $5 million plus reparations in the state of California and the city of San Francisco, I might just identify as a different culture. And I don't see why not. I mean, other people have been able to do it before, right? I mean, we had the head of the uh, the NAACP that was not a black woman, but identified as a black woman because she truly felt that way inside. And if she truly felt that way inside, then that really makes her that is right. Then obviously we had presidential candidates that were on the campaign trail trying to relate to certain individuals in certain groups as well. I don't feel no ways tired. (laughs) I come too far from where from nobody told me that the road would be easy (laughs) i don't believe he brought me this far to leave me i mean if hillary clinton can do it man i don't know why we're not able to as well so what the hell what the hell's wrong with that so uh, i think we're going to all of us we should self-identify and move to san francisco although if you do i highly recommend that you download the poop app in order to realize what uh, streets you should and should not go on based on the feces that is on the side of the street because of the homeless populations and the low-income populations and how well that the city of san francisco is actually handling handling certain issues but by golly it'll all go away Poof, just like that, the crime will go away and the homelessness will go away. All of the problems of San Francisco will magically disappear when we start giving the descendants of slavery's $5 million reparation payments. And that's just the beginning of it. So uh, while we are pride of uh, prideful of one heritage today, which apparently only certain demographics are allowed to celebrate, I'm telling you, that's not true, though. It's really not. Uh, Being here in Wichita, where I hail from with our flagship radio station, I got to enjoy a citywide St. Patrick's Day parade last week. Today, there was another one at the actual St. Patrick's Cathedral here in the Wichita area, and there was a very, very large Hispanic presence there because predominantly the Hispanic population actually goes to that church, and they put on a massive festival, and they had their own parade. And let me tell you something, and I say this a lot because we have a Spanish radio station not 50 feet away from me right now as I sit here, is that we had the Hispanic population wearing green, drinking the proper 12 Irish whiskey, and saying Aaron Gobra and having a grand old time while they also got into their uh, customary outfits and got to celebrate as well. So guess what? Are they culturally appropriating? Because maybe we should be outraged. Maybe us as Irish individuals should be outraged of the cultural appropriation of the Hispanic community trying to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. What do you think? Should we do that? Should we do that? No, because that's stupid. Because, in fact, in just a month or so from now, when it's uh, actually uh, Cinco de Mayo, I will be again partaking in very loud mariachi music and enjoying tequila. Because why not? And we get to celebrate that culture and eat lots of tacos. And I will be very happy and I'll be like a little kid in a candy store and be giddy just as much as I am on St. Patrick's Day. Why? Because that's the beauty of the American system. And that is something the Democrats and the progressives and the socialists and the identity politics idiots in society have forgotten, is that we are a melting pot. I do not like to call us a mosaic, although I think that's what we're slowly turning into. We are a melting pot where everybody, regardless of what descendants that you have, gets to enjoy all different cultures. And you get to enjoy everything. And be prideful of your culture and be prideful and excited to show other people your culture as well. Hey, 
This is our tradition. Check it out. You'll love it. It's really great. I get to go home tonight, and I get to enjoy uh, probably a Guinness beer and a shot of proper 12 Irish whiskey, or uh, what's the other one? Whatever Irish whiskey that there is, <laughs> you get to enjoy those while you eat your corned beef and cabbage. And I'm going to be doing that tonight, and I tell everybody about being able to do that as well and how excited that we are about something like that. Then I get to wake up tomorrow, and I get to make this weekend my corned beef and hash for breakfast. Again, while we have an Irish coffee, and we get to enjoy and indulge. And then guess what? In a month or so from now, when it's Cinco de Mayo, then the Hispanic population and the Mexican population can say, hey, this is why we celebrate this one. Have a taco, take a shot of tequila, listen to our music, and just enjoy because we're a melting pot, and we get to enjoy all of the flavors, and it's phenomenal, and that's why this is still the greatest nation on the face of the earth. Not that other nations don't get to do that, but they don't do it as well as we do. And because we do it better than any other nation, the progressive end of the aisle for some reason has to find a way to screw it all up because they all have to play a victim or they have to say that we live in this box and that we need to live over here and you need to live over there. I'm tired of the identity politics and the divisiveness and the divide and conquer. I don't care what your heritage is. I don't care what your background is. Be proud of who you are, but don't think it's superior than anybody else in any way, shape, or form. And that goes to idiots out in San Francisco who think that reparations are the way to go when California was a free state from the slaves. If you're going to do reparations to anybody, California, then maybe, just maybe, you should give reparations to, I don't know, maybe the Asian population, which is a very large population in California, obviously, since that's the closest right there from where they get off the boat on that side of the world. And they get off right there, and they were the ones that were enslaved, building the railroads in uh, the Western expansion in the Manifest Destiny. They were the ones getting blown up when they were using dynamite in the 1800s, trying to pave a way for the trains and for the roads uh, going through the mountainsides in California and that Western portion of the country. Maybe if you're going to do reparations, you should do that. If you're going to do any at all, which is stupid to do any reparations, but if you were going to, I could see at least a slight argument for that as opposed to a free state uh, giving reparations to descendants of slaves that were not slaves in the state of California. I could also almost see the Hispanic population getting reparations after taking over what was a portion of Mexico or where the Hispanics grew up as well in that area of Southern California. I could also see the Native Americans. And while they try to give these quote-unquote reparations, right now it's $5 million and all these other investments for uh, public schools and everything else, which is ironic because that's where the majority of the money goes anyways, uh, that if you're going to, what's that turning into? It's turning into nothing more than a socialist handout. What's the greatest example of a socialist society right now? Look at a Native American reservation. Throwing it out there. If you go to a Native American reservation, that's where you see socialism at its finest with people that are... Uh, drug-induced, with people that have major alcoholism problems, with people that are extreme on the poverty scale. Then you have the casino owners that are extremely rich. You have grants and money coming in from the federal government coming in constantly. While at the same time, you have the government trying to take care of them, sending them resources, sending them things constantly, and yet it doesn't get to the people that actually need it because you still have an extreme level of poverty. You still have an extreme level of drug inducement. You still have an extreme level of alcoholism on the social, on the Native American uh, area. Oh, thank you, senor. So there we go. All right. I have my I have my green hat again. I can wear that where uh, <laughs> I do the program. Thank you very much. Uh, see, again, uh, Don, my program director, handing off my green St. Patrick's Day hat that he wore during a uh, parade for St. Patrick's Day is a Hispanic. What a wild concept. 
If you want to know the true reason of a socialist nation or a true example of a socialist nation, look at a Native American reservation. They're terrible. And it breaks my heart with how bad these reservations are being done. And then they have their own governance that obviously doesn't do a very good job keeping people in the po- under beneath the poverty line and how badly they have to struggle while the government is making millions upon millions of dollars based on these casinos that are making a buttload of money from the quote-unquote white folk that are out there spending a buttload of money at the casinos. That's your socialism. And what you're doing to all of these cities is exactly that. I tell you what, I will go down this road with you and support them when you come up with the perfect society. Because they always say, right, that we just haven't gone far enough. If we could just have more socialism, that was Bernie Sanders, right? That was Bernie Sanders during the presidential run. That if we just go a little bit further, we had to reinvent the wheel a little bit more. If we just had more pure socialism, it could actually work. Why can't we just go further? Have more socialism take over. Have more of the democratic socialism to where we vote on it in a Democrat manner to willingly take our own rights and civil rights and our property, private property away from us to give it to the government to redistribute to other individuals. If we could just have that pure society. And guess what? Even just going a little bit down that road, you see the disasters. You see the crime skyrocket. You see the hatefulness against law enforcement. To the point where you have homelessness skyrocket, you have the elites living behind gated fences and gated communities, and then you have to download the poop app in San Francisco to try and figure out where you're going to go without stepping in uh, human feces because it's all over the streets because of how bad the situation is. That's your socialist utopia. That's what Democrats haven't quite grasped yet because they continue to promote it on a grand scale. Doesn't matter, though. We're going to be all universal citizens here relatively soon, which we'll get to in a second. It's a Friday here on The Voice Reason. Stay right here. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right it is. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for hanging out today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. Our favorite holiday here on the program. That's the way we roll each and every year, baby. Trying to break down those barriers of identity politics because they're stupid, ridiculous, completely horrible. We don't like them. We're breaking them down because we just love everybody. And that's what we're all about here. And that's what conservatism is all about. We'll do our thing. You do your thing. We'll blend. We'll be happy. The melting pot of the world that is right here in the United States of America, the greatest nation on the face of the earth, which that's just what they're trying to get rid of. That's the final grand battle, is it not? The grandmaster, if you if you play a video game, the big boss at the end of the video game here is the grandmaster, uh, is that now we have to defeat the greatest one of all, and we're getting closer to that final match, which is absolute globalism and being that global citizen. Pretty soon it's not going to matter whether you have a heritage of being Irish or being German or being Hispanic or being Asian or being... And I'm using those in a very vague terms as well because obviously there's more than just the Hispanic population. How many Hispanic populations are there? How many countries are there in Central and South America where you could be considered quote-unquote Hispanic or Asian as well or African as well or European as well? They're, it's so stupid. 
I'm telling you, it's, it makes my brain hurt when they talk about identity politics here in the United States because it's such a dumb level. Like the common denominator is so low of their understanding of the world because they bicker amongst themselves so much here in the United States regarding just a basic skin color when you realize for thousands of years the African communities and tribes have been killing each other forever. Hispanic populations in South America have been killing each other forever. European countries have been killing each other forever. That's just the way things have been. And now all of a sudden here we're like, oh, you got a skin color, you're bad. Even someone who would have, quote unquote, been able to qualify for the, or didn't qualify for the reparations, who's actually been fighting for the reparations, actually realized that their descendants were actually slave owners back in the day. And they could have potentially qualified to be reparation receivers in the state of California. That's how dumb this conversation is. But it's not going to matter soon because at the end of the day, they're going to say they're trying to create such a division between all those. They say, again, remember, the government always has a solution for it. Here's the solution. There's so much bickering. There's so much anger amongst the different people. There's so much hatred between racism. We're going to get rid of all that. And you know what that solution is? Not just letting it go and not teaching people about racism and how different we are, but teaching the fact that we're all a global citizen. We all can live happy and harmoniously together under the universal flag of the world. China has been proposing this again. Here's the headline from ChinaDaily.com. China proposed initiative on global civilization. Oh, yes. Leaders of political parties and organizations from around the world have hailed the China proposed global civilization initiative, saying that it has great relevance together with the global development initiative and the global security initiative to build up countries consensus on addressing mounting global challenges in terms of peace security, development, and harmonious coexistence. Oh, didn't that just sound wonderful? Everybody get out your kumbaya sticks and sing together that we can actually live harmoniously with the China proposed global civilization initiative. I'm just going to say this. If it has the word global in front of it, I don't want anything to do with it. I'm, I don't want the global civilization initiative or the global development initiative or the global security initiative initiative for global challenges like peace, security, and development and harmonious coexistence. Again, you can't even figure that out on your home front. I mean, you have just by tightening it up so much that if anybody speaks out against you, you kill them or imprison them. So I guess you have it figured out in some way based on tyrannical policies. But you don't have peace. You don't have harmonious coexistence. You have tyranny. You have dictatorship. You have communism. You have a harsher version of socialism. You have the government intrusion of elites ruling, and you subjects better get in line or we kill you. And you have countries like, I don't know, South African president, the Serbian president, shocker there, the South Sudan president, all saying, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go ahead and move forward with this. I'm telling you, man, that's the next big front, and we all better be united against that if we're going to succeed in actually defeating this it. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Reason meets radio. This is the voice of reason with Andy Hoosier. John Ryder is welcome back into it on the home stretch here. Last half hour here on the Friday. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation. I apologize to the millennial generation about the millennial generation every single day. 
on our multiple radio stations all over the place. Thanks for hanging out with us today as we discuss the identity politics, or at least we have been, the low common denominator of the Democrats for the divide and conquer mentality on a day like today when everybody's Irish on St. Patrick's Day and we get to just celebrate and enjoy and just remember America regardless is the melting pot of the United States the greatest place on the face of the earth we get to enjoy all cultures and that's just one of the ways we get to celebrate going into today but we're going to shift gears just a little bit and get into our latest in what's trending What's trending today? Now, as you know, we spent a few days this week and last week talking about TikTok, the banning of TikTok, the concerns of China, and obviously while China's pushing for a global citizenship, which apparently then your culture doesn't matter because we're just going to be the uh, genderless, uh, cultureless, uh, skin toneless, um, whatever else type of less that we have, uh, where we're just going to be the unified global citizen under the Global Civilization Initiative behind China, that uh, we're concerned about all of a sudden TikTok because of censorship and collecting data, which there is a cause for concern there. But when we look at one social media, why aren't we looking at others? Where we have Facebook and we have the Tweety and we have YouTube and we have Google and we have all these other ones that are just collecting data. Then we have the wiretapping on our phones. Remember that that happened during the Patriot Act and was renewed again in 2008 and coming up for expiration again. And then we have the GPSs on our phones and then we have them turning on the cameras on our TVs to watch what we're doing as we're sitting there in our boxers eating Cheetos watching whatever TV show that you like to enjoy. Do we have any privacy left in society at all. That's the big question of the day, and I'm excited to have back on the program. He's not Irish in any way, shape, or form, as he's author of the new book, The Mysteries of Watergate, also author of the book uh, Postgate, How the Washington Post Betrayed the Deep uh, deep Throat, Covered Up Watergate, and began today's partisan advocacy journalism. Excited to have back on the program Mr. John O'Connor. John, how are you, my friend? Hey, great. Yeah. Great. Happy St. Pat's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, my friend. You're not Irish at all in any way, shape, or form, are you? No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> not no, at I all. Deny it. Yeah, not at all. That's right. Uh, privacy, it's a major issue, but John, do we really have any privacy left in society? Can we do anything without the government knowing about it now? Well, it's pretty scary uh, for certain things, especially if you're on the wrong side of the of the tracks, so to speak, ideologically. If you, for instance, are a gun owner, um, God help you, because these things are starting to be tracked. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, you look at the January 6th stuff, um, you know, I think it's fine for them to prosecute everyone who's responsible for hooliganism, all that kind of stuff. But it is a little bit sort of, of um, uh, you know, almost like a police state these days, the way they approach it. Uh, I'm not so concerned about somebody maybe having access to my TV or whatever uh, or TikTok knowing anything about me. I know I should. I'm not worried about that, but what I am worried about is two things. I'm worried about spying by foreign entities who seem to be, um, you know, have have infiltrated the country very easily, very easily. It's a free society, and and it's it's easier now for them to infiltrate. And then the second thing I worry about is the fact that the government does seem to have a propensity, especially the progressive side of government to really uh, find out, uh, to root out dissidents. Anybody who has ideas different from them, they're going to root them out. And that, to me, is the real problem. When you have the ability to do it through social media to root people out, and then you start having these um, programs to try to figure out who are the bad people, who are the MAGA people, let's yeah. get them. Who are the people who are the election deniers, let's get at them. 
that's what's scary because then we become like uh you know one of the old Soviet republics where people spy and figure out who's the enemy of the people. Well, we've gone down that road already, haven't we? I mean, it started really during COVID when, if you questioned the origins of COVID, where, uh, come on, it was Ozzy Osbourne biting the head off the bat in China. It was not the Wuhan lab in any way, shape, or form. When you question that, then all of a sudden, boom, you were censored, you were were shadow banned, you were just completely banned off of social media together. If you said, maybe I don't need a mask, because that's kind of stupid while you sit there and rub your face and itch your eyes and everything else, and the virus is getting through your, your cloth mask, it doesn't really do anything, boom. You got censored when you said, I don't know that I feel comfortable getting the COVID-19 vaccine, nor do I think I need it because I'm a healthy individual. I'm in the 98 percentile range of not needing it. Boom. You got censored. And then the election happened and the election deniers in January 6th. It's just kind of snowballed. But we've already been classified for a while now, it sounds like. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens in any socialist state and Part of our country is a socialist uh, or socialist ideologues, yeah. and they want to do exactly what you're talking about. They want to find out who's a non-believer. Uh, you know, Biden wouldn't make that anti-MAGA speech with all the red background and the military darkness um, unless he felt that he could uh, talk the people, scare the people into thinking that there are these evil enemies of the people out there. He obviously his polling shows that that's probably the case. The more you say it, the more people are afraid, the more you have created the whole thing that happens in, you name it, it happens in any totalitarian or socialist country where you identify those who are against the regime, who are against the prevailing ideology. And that's what we've got here in America. Um, You know, you'll find one side of the coin does not do that to the other. I, I don't know of any conservatives that are out there trying to root out Anybody who believes against them, I think people would say, I think my beliefs are correct, and I'd love to debate anybody on the other side. But the other side does not want to debate. The other side just wants to condemn, cancel, arrest, humiliate, um, scare their own believers into believing that anyone who thinks differently than them not only is wrong, but is evil and should be feared. And that's what we've got. That's the whole notion of... uh, socialist, totalitarian governments, there's always an enemy out there that they think will unite their own believers. Look at the enemy. Be afraid of the enemy. And that's the country we've got now. Um, And so then we get somebody in office, and then they, of course, there's a wave of destructive uh, stuff. I mean, there's, uh, you can't stop the, it's really propaganda when you say, oh my gosh, Trump was elected only because he colluded with Russia. Uh, Think about that. And meanwhile, our intelligence agencies are colluding with five or six Russian agents in doing that. Those are the people that are their witnesses. <laughs> Igor Danchenko, Glenn Simpson for the Katsu family, um, uh, Christopher Steele for Oleg Deripaska. All these people, Charles Dolan, who was directly hired by Soviet Russia, all these people are Soviet agents. I mean, there's not a doubt about it. I'm not saying this is Joe McCarthy. I'm saying this is a matter you can find out on the Internet. All these people are Soviet agents. Uh, and yet, and yet, um, the, 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 the media is brain dead to it, and we've got a real serious issue, a real serious provocation here, and, uh, and, 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 and nobody seems to be um, aware of it and, and making the clarion call to, to, to wake everybody up. I mean, it's very scary to me, especially now when we see that 
China has had so much influence, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's um, people who um, uh, the spies who um, uh, who have infiltrated, whether it's Diane Feinstein's um, um, chauffeur or Eric Swalwell's lover or Joe Biden himself, who appears to have been uh, compromised in some ways, either directly or indirectly through his son. So it's really pretty scary. It is scary. The question is, do people not know about this or do they know about it in vague and just don't care? I mean, I know my generation, especially uh, the stat I read a couple of years ago, was that the millennial generation is willing to give all of their emails uh, and, and violate their complete privacy with all of their contacts, all their contacts information in there and all of the emails they have in there for a free pizza. They really don't have a major concern about privacy issues. So when all of these scandals are happening from elected officials at the federal level, is it because we don't know about it or is it just because many people don't care about it? Well, remember this. Watergate was not a big deal until we were told by the press it was a big deal. And that is something. I mean, some people like Obama says, I'm not engaged in any major scandals. Well, uh, by major scandal, you mean that the press is all over it? Yes, I agree. He wasn't involved in major scandals. But if you talk about the substance of it, yes, he was in, should have been involved in a lot of major scandals. But so uh, what I'm saying is it's not a scandal uh, unless the press makes it a scandal and, and officially certifies it as a scandal. And everybody's getting excited about it. So we can do that about Trump falsely. But, my gosh, Hillary Clinton, who really did collude with Russia to sell him Uranium One, does anybody say anything? Nah. And so anybody who does yell tends to be, a quote, one of those crazy conservatives. Oh, look, those crazy conservatives are yelling about this again. Can't they shut up? Yeah. So that's the state of things. And so people tend to believe, well, okay, this is just exaggerated. Uh, you know, Anderson Cooper doesn't say it's a scandal. It must not be a scandal. Yeah, it's just and that's the problem with our with our media, and which includes the big tech sites, is something recognized as a scandal. Well, it should be. Yeah. Um, look at what is happening to our country with the run on these banks, with the terrible inflation. Um, there were people mainly more conservatives who said, look, we're creating inflation here. We are creating inflation. This is, this is going to happen. And, uh, and of course, th th those people were poo-pooed as just being crazy conservative nuts. And look here, where we are today. Yeah. You know, we didn't do enough about inflation, and it wasn't transitory. And that's just one example. You oh, know, uh, but, but it's not a scandal unless... You know, the officials uh, who are blowing the whistle say this is a scandal. <laughs> We've got hometown refs here, you know? Yeah, that's true, that's John. The problem. Yeah, John, we're going to take a hard break. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Sure. Uh, fantastic. Sure, I want to continue this conversation when we come back here because it's fascinating to figure out what to do to stop this. Is the next question How do we stop it as the government continues to give themselves more power to watch us and not have the spotlight on them, which is kind of interesting? Back after this here on The Voice of Reason. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is freedom, reason, common sense, rationale. It's what we do here on the program. Last segment, last call for a Friday as we wrap things up, get you set for another weekend. We're back at it again next week. And boy, oh boy, do we have a loaded laundry list of awesome guests to get to, as usual, on the program. 
Right now, though, we're hanging out with a great guest as well. We love having him on the show. Investigative journalist, author of the book, The Mysteries of Watergate. His other book, Postgate, as well. And host of the Mysteries of Watergate podcast, which you can find online at postgatebook.com. Again, postgatebook.com. As we talk about privacy, we talk about censorship, we talk about the government tapping into us. They have all eyes on us, but yet they don't look at themselves a whole lot. I've told you, it's very easy what we could do to actually solve the problem of transparency. And we should start a GoFundMe. We should get a webcam and a laptop in every committee room, in every office, and just stream it online and just see what happens during the conversations. The ones before they get to the floor. When they have their rhetoric and they have their talking points and they try and make their certain issues. John, you mentioned uh, in the last segment as well about, you know, the banking system and and uh, trying to control the banks as well. I mean, they've tried forever to monitor, uh, what was it, the last, uh, the infrastructure bill or the Inflation Reduction Act that didn't do anything about inflation. But they wanted to be able to monitor any type of transaction of $600 or more out of any account going in or out from a business or private, because they wanted to make sure you were properly paying the right amount of taxes. Now, for them, they're creating tax loopholes for themselves and for their donors, but we need to go after the millionaires and billionaires. That includes those making $600 payments to like your mortgage payment or something to make sure you're paying your fair share in taxes. I'm sensing some shenanigans at play here. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the problem. The, uh, the These folks spent money like drunken sailors. Uh, which did drive up inflation. There's no doubt about it. But it also drove up the deficits. If you just look at two aspects of the deficit, one is fossil fuels, which out of which most things are made, or you need to have fossil fuels to make. When I say out, out of most things that are made, all plastics and plastic derivatives come from fossil fuels. Mm. All fertilizers that increase our crop yields three to four hundred percent are made of fossil fuels. So you're talking about food costs, transportation costs, not just our own cars. So you start out there. You can't make steel without coke gold. So you have inflation there. You have inflation that comes from these reckless, like you say, the Anti-Inflation Act. And now it's coming home to roost. So what do they do? They figure out ways, as would any good police state, any good socialist government, they'd figure out how to get money from the uh, proletariat, just sort of bilk them. And uh, they don't care if everybody's poor as long as they're all equally poor. Um, as Winston, now, except for the vanguard, except for the intelligentsia, they always seem to be taken care of. You know, in, in any socialist government, there is no problem with that. Uh, the, uh, the, the people in charge are taken care of. They have their special privileges. But everybody else can have this kind of miserable life. And that's what we've got. And so what that engenders is sort of spying on us trying to figure out god help us if there's a transaction if there's a tip between a waiter and a customer that doesn't get taxed oh boy we better do that yeah you know so to me when i tip i am making a gift uh to the waiter or waitress uh and i don't think that should be income i mean the government says otherwise okay it's a tip for services i get it but you can only go so far really in trying to be big brother and, and, and sort of and start spying on people. There's already a rule in place that I think 8% of the take of the, of the food bill is considered tips to the waiters and so forth. And that's, that should be enough. They've got the rule in place. That should be enough. And if somebody makes a little more than that, well, so be it. But, um, but you know, but, but, but this is all a symptom of the same thing. We basically have an ideologically driven government now 
that already has an ideologically driven uh, deep state, and we have an ideologically driven uh, news media and major internet sites who are not going to call anyone to account except for, of course, their enemies, in which they call people to account even for uh, silly things. Uh, you know, Trump gets called to account mainly for ma- imaginary things. Yep. Uh, and when he does do something wrong, his supporters say, well, <laughs> they must not be right because he's always been charged falsely. It doesn't help out. It doesn't help out the way they're doing things. But it's a police state. There's no doubt about it. It's an emerging police state. It's a police state. And you're right. It's all one side between the government, the mainstream media, and the social media all in cahoots together. And it is. It's hard to get that message out on the other side of the aisle. John, we're out of time, my friend. It's John O'Connor, The Mysteries of Watergate, Postgate as well is the website. And uh, go check out the podcast. John, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Happy Friday. we got to get you back on again soon. Happy St. Patrick's Day, and remember, I'm a Hoosier. Hey. I come from Indiana. I love it. Okay, buddy. There it is. Always good to chat with you, my friend. Yep, John O'Connor there. Go check out the podcast and all the books. Until then, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Have a great weekend. We're back at it again on Monday for The Voice Reason. Until then, this is The Voice Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.